0: Welcome to the Destination Begin Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here, sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to this week's episode of the Destination Begin Podcast. I have a special edition I'm actually going to be making this podcast um, Storytime with Kristen. So I have Storytime with Kristen on my YouTube channel, and it's a little video series that I started, and I'm going to be adding more segments to it, and this week I published Storytime with Kristen, Stories from My Childhood, Homeschooled in the (laughs) Cult. I get a lot of questions about the life that I led, and it's not really crazy stuff, but there's just some weird things that I didn't even realize were weird at the time, and even as I continue to evolve as an adult in my 40s, I realize there are things that were part of my childhood that I go, oh, yeah, that wasn't normal. <laughs> like, going to Kmart to watch TV, um, things like that. So, story time with Kristen this week, it's uh, stories from my childhood as being homeschooled in a cult. So, if you're interested in hearing about all of that, you're in for a treat. If you're not, well, this podcast is, might bore you, but... I encourage you to give a listen and if nothing else follow my YouTube channel subscribe to my YouTube channel it's coach Kristen Smith Um, the podcast I often video the podcast and put it there as well so if you want to watch the podcast instead of just listening to it a lot of the episodes are there on the YouTube and then the story time with Kristen series is there as well so there's quite a bit of content there that is not here on the podcast if you're interested in it so um without further ado Storytime with Kristen segment coming up. Hi, hi. Welcome to Storytime with Kristen. Um, I'm just going to get cozy because I'm going to sit here and tell stories. Why am I going to sit here and tell stories? Well, <clears throat> some of you think that my life and some of the stories about my life are weird, <laughs> interesting, uh, mostly weird. And probably because they are a little weird compared to the status quo. But I was raised very differently. And so I thought, you know, maybe if my life is interesting and weird, it's an obligation of mine to share the stories. And then um, everyone will feel better about their life or just say, whoa. So that's why I'm here. I'm here to tell stories about my life. And um, today's stories are prompted by... um, a fun little memory that came up for me today when I was coaching boot camp so when I'm coaching boot camp on on the beach I run Miami Beach boot camp in case you didn't know and um, so this morning was body weight and bands and so there was a lot of movements where we were time under tension and to distract from the fact that oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh my butt is on fire or oh my gosh my core is on fire Um, I try to get people to think about the muscle that they're trying to work in a new way. So it's distraction and also a way to get engagement. So mind-muscle connection. Um, So I say things like when we're in plank, make a fist with your belly button. So obviously you cannot make a fist out of your belly button. But if you think about gripping with your belly button, that engages your core muscles. And so we think about like putting our mind in the part of our body that's being worked. So like right here, I want people to think about right here. (laughs) So that's where I am always trying to think of different ways to get people to think about the movement so that they will engage. And also, you know, to think, um, I don't hate this as much. So this morning, we were doing a movement where we were pulling our hips up to the sky. And so I said before, like, think of somebody with a string pulling you from the sky. That's what you want to, to focus the movement on. And then we were doing um, glute bridges. And so I wanted people to tap their butt down and pop their hips back up when they were sitting on their butts. And so I was thinking, I said, you know, make it like a rubber band, like, like someone's pulling you up with a rubber band and then releasing it for a quick little tap. And the word rubber band brought back this memory, very, very insignificant in the grand scheme of things, but I hadn't thought about it in so long. So um, when we were kids, we were we were homeschooled. We didn't get out a whole lot. We didn't go anywhere very often. And when my brother was 12, he got a paper route. The I think it was called The Peach was the newspaper. And so all these newspapers or papers would get delivered on, I think it was like Saturday night or Friday night or something. It was stacks. When I was a kid, it was like mountains of them. And he would have to roll them up and put a rubber band on them. So we have to roll the papers, put a rubber band on them and then take them and deliver them. And so we always had this newspaper rolling party where we all helped. And I remember like getting the the newspaper print was like, your hands would be black. And then you actually accidentally touch your face and it'd be black. And then pretty soon, my sister, my brother, and I would be touching each other to, like, get the black on each other. And my mom would get super mad. Um, but we would get these giant bags of these red rubber bands. They were little, just enough to get around the paper. And so we'd be doing these, like, rolling paper parties. And invariably, one of us would ping, uh, shoot a rubber band at the other. And eventually it was an all-in-out war. It was war. It was Rubber bands flying everywhere. and My mom shrieking. She got so upset because they would go everywhere. They'd go behind the couch They'd go in the corner and it's not like we're as kids gonna be conscientious and go pick them all up No, they were there until they were found at spring cleaning And so we would do that and we would have so much fun Rubber band fighting because literally we had no entertainment in our house. It was nothing And so we had to create our own entertainment. So that was the story That was it It's exciting, right? Uh, no, but it prompted more thoughts and memories of stuff when I was a kid. So I have an older brother, Alan, the paper route boy, by the way, I was at my parents recently looking at photo albums and she had cut out a newspaper article for my brother that he was the carrier of the week. 12 year old Alan was the carrier of the week Who we found that newspaper out. probably because they were rolled up so well because my sister and I totally helped. Um, but anyway, he is seven years older than me, so he's currently—I uh, can't do math. He's uh, oh, he's gonna be fifty-one, and I have an older sister. She's two years older than me. She—I don't know. I can't do math anymore. But anyway, I have an older brother and an older sister, and so we were um, we were home together a lot. So we started homeschooling when my brother his senior year. So. Uh, Most of my homeschool years, he was already graduated. He just did the one year, the 1987 to 1988 school year. So, um, but we were all home all the time together because we didn't, we went to church and that was it. We didn't do entertainment. We weren't in school. We didn't, we weren't playing on sports teams and things like that. And so um, we were home alone um, sometimes on Monday nights. My mom went to this weight loss support group called TOPS taking off pounds sensibly. And my brother had a different name for that, which is not very kind, but, um, it was a different, he, he found a different words for that acronym. Or I'm just going to say it. T- uh, tubby oversized, pathetic slobs that I, that's not me. I didn't come up with that. He did. And I was 400 pounds. So I'm allowed to say that. Okay. Because I was a fat person anyway that don't get mad at me but anyway my mom went to tops on Monday nights um, and my dad was supposed to watch us well my dad no my dad didn't pay attention to us at all it was a free-for-all the minute my mom's car was out it was like we were just really like reading books my like, mom and then it was like because my mom didn't ever go anywhere she got one night a week to get out and be away from us hellions and um, And so we took advantage of that. We, um, we had so much fun, like the stupid things. My mom ran a really tight ship and she was always there. And so we couldn't get away with anything and she had eyes in the back of her head, but she'd go and it was stupid things. Like I remember I made the tiniest little batch of popcorn and I put a whole stick of butter on it because no one was there to say like the reasonable thing. And I was like, mm, this is awesome. And then like my dad would keep Coke. Um, Just a few bottles of coke and we used to always have to ask permission. Well, if mom wasn't there We just drink them all just chug them down. And then I was like, what else can we do while this woman is gone? Um, There's so many things with food like my mom would make chips and cheese like we didn't have a microwave So she'd take a baking sheet. She'd spread chips on it, which she always got the 99 cent like La Canasta brand tortilla chips that were sort of like a Dorito knockoff. They didn't taste like Doritos. They were just tortilla chips with a dusting of orange powder to make you think they were cheesy. I'll never forget. It's because they were 99 cents a bag. She put them on a baking sheet, and then we used to get government cheese. So we didn't have a lot of money. So my mom would wait in line and get the free government food. So it was powdered eggs, powdered milk, and just blocks of cheese. And so she would grate it really thinly, like with a knife on top, and then put it in the oven, which microwaves are great, but when you bake nachos, something different happens, and you cannot touch how good they are. So, just like the popcorn thing, I took like five chips, and I just like put like of cheese on there and baked it, and like just that kind of stuff. The stuff that, you know, we couldn't get away with, and for me with food, it was always a food thing. And then, um... Would go to the grocery store and buy all kinds of junk food and eat it as fast as we could and then there was one time where For some reason my brother got my sister to climb up onto the roof of the garage and then he took the ladder away So my mom came home. It's dark and my sister was stuck on the roof. got in really big trouble for that And then there was um, another time the only chore that I had while she was gone was to mow the lawn Well, I was so busy getting into trouble and doing all this stuff. I forgot well, then it got to be dark and she was going to be home soon. So I'm out there at like 9 o'clock at night mowing the lawn, pissing the neighbors off. That was funny. Um, but our number one favorite thing too. We played WWF wrestling. So my brother would, um, usually was my brother and me. He would be doing wrestling moves with me. Like, like he would watch, um, my dad was a janitor and he cleaned the... TV studios of channel nine where they did live wrestling. And so my brother would go with my dad to clean and they would watch these wrestling matches. So we didn't have TV, but my brother understood what wrestling was. So he would wrestle me and my sister would have a little tape recorder with the microphone and she would do play by play of what was happening. You could hear on the tapes. I wish we had these tapes. My brother whispering what he was doing. And then my sister commentating. So, and then you'd hear me screaming. So you'd hear like, Putting her in a pile drive, he's putting her in a pile drive, and then you'd hear like me ah in the background, and he would be wrestle and throw us around, and then there was the commentary being done, um, with the little microphone and the tape recorder, and it's hysterical. And then um, he'd you know pin you, he'd pin me down, and then in wrestling you have to you have a certain number of counts until you're out or something. I don't know, and so you would hear like my brother would be like start the countdown, and then you hear three. Two, one, oh, she got out! She got in you hear me screaming and like, I'm gonna get you, and it was insane. And we'd knock over lamps and there'd be bruises. Invariably, one of us would get hurt and then my brother would pay us to not cry and not tell mom. It was insane, it was so much fun. And then my dad was just outside in the garage working or something completely. So we would, you know, nine o'clock, 9.30, mom would come home, she'd come in We would try to look like nothing had happened, but we'd be sweaty or bloody. There'd be messes. Um, And then my mom would just usually burst into tears or get really mad at my dad. Be like, I can't have one night away, away from these kids. I can't get out of here one time. And he'd be like, what? I don't know. (laughs) And we were just like, you know, better to ask forgiveness than permission. We had so much fun on Monday nights. I loved it. So that was one thing we did. Um, sorry, I bumped my, I do balloon art, and these are the flowers that I recently practiced making, and they turned out really well, and so I'm displaying them. Anyway, um, so that was our only fun, because we didn't have really any other media, or any other fun, um, I mean, not any other fun, but, um, Another thing that's very interesting to a lot of people, and I didn't realize until very late in life that it was weird. Um, So we didn't have TV and we didn't have movies, but my parents really liked like certain classic things, especially Christmas things. So um, at Christmas time, somehow they find out and see in the paper that, you know, ABC was gonna air the Grinch that stole Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. So, my parents would put us in the car, and we'd go to Kmart, and we would hang out in the TV section and watch it um, in Kmart. And that was super, that was always super cool. We'd set our coats on the floor, we'd sit down doggy style, or doggy style, uh, Indian style, I can't even say that. We'd sit down and, like, you know, cross-legged, and on the floor at Kmart, and we'd just sit down for a couple hours and watch TV. And people would be walking around us, and, like, whatever. And, um, we do that. It was super fun. It seemed like if The Sound of Music was on, um, not The Sound of Music, um, The Wizard of Oz. My daddy loves The Wizard of Oz. So we would just go over to Target, sometimes Sears, but Sears closed earlier. So usually, um, Kmart, Kmart was the winner. We would go there and we would sit down in the aisle. Sometimes we had to stand, like if we went to this one store, I forget the name. It was linoleum, not carpet in the electronic department. So we didn't sit, we stood. And you know, just a couple hours standing in the store watching TV, like that's normal, right? And so it wasn't until I was just talking about something like this a few years ago, where I was like, we went to, oh, it was the when the Twins won the World Series. The Twins, Minnesota Twins suck, but they won the World Series in 1987. And so we went over to Kmart to watch game seven in the TV department and I was telling someone about that like I remember when they won the World Series we were uh, watching it at Keymart and I was like wait a minute that's weird isn't it I bet other people didn't do that just didn't occur to me because this is normal childhood for me like if it's how you it's all you know it's all you know so we did that we watched World Series. I remember watching the victory parade when they had the ticker tape parade for them when they got back from wherever, whoever they beat, whatever. Um, the cool thing about the Minnesota Twins, uh, ticker tape parade is it's Minnesota and Minnesota's cold. And I remember all the players wore full length fur coats in the parade and Kirby pocket was like this short kind of stout Um, baseball player who's amazing. May he rest in peace. And I remember he wore this full-length fur coat and he looked like a real bear. And I'll just never forget seeing Kirby Puckett in a full-length fur coat. He was the Minnesota hero of all time. Kirby Puckett, Ken Herbig. Anyway, so, yeah, we watched TV at Kmart. I remember when the Space Shuttle blew up in 1986. I think it was the Challenger, uh, was what it was called. It was 1986, I do believe. Um, it was We were sitting in the kitchen doing schoolwork because I, we must have been homeschooled um, at that point. We switched to homeschooling. It was either 86 or 87, I forget. Um, but sitting in the kitchen, I remember doing schoolwork and heard it on the radio that the space shuttle um, exploded. It was really, really sad. So mom put us in the car and we went over to Sears and watched the footage um, in Sears. It's totally normal. <laughs> And now when you go to the store, you guys, when you go to the store and you look in the TV department, they don't have regular TV on. They have, like, the advertisement about the kind of TV or something. You can't even go watch TV at the store anymore. Which sucks because I no longer have TV either. Oh, how, like, things come full circle. If I had kids again right now, I would not have a TV. Um, We thought it was terrible that we didn't have TV. We thought we were so deprived it was definitely a religious decision. My mom calls it the television. Um, my dad bought one in rebellion <laughs> and we would sneak downstairs when my mom wasn't looking and try to watch TV. And we would always get caught and get in trouble. Um, and eventually, I don't know what the discussion was, but my dad removed the screen. So he just had the TV so he could listen to TV instead of watch TV. And that was the compromise. I don't know, but that little bit of time when we had it it was the greatest time of my entire childhood because we go downstairs my daddy had it in his little office and we watched the deuce of hazard and we would watch little house on the prairie and ptl jim and tammy faye baker oh my gosh my dad was such a big jim and tammy faye baker fan because you know we were christian and they were pentecostal televangelists and you know that that was what we were except We were a cult version of that. So Jimmy Swaggart and Jim and Tammy Baker, and then um, Little House on the Prairie and Dukes of Hazard. We watched those, and then the TV went away, and that was very sad. But um, the problem with that is when we would get around a TV, we were like tractor beams. You couldn't get our attention. We'd go down to Iowa to see my aunt and uncle, and they had a TV, and we were just like zombies and the funny part is my mom was too is to this day when my mom watches TV and if she's gonna see this she's gonna argue but it's true it's true everyone who's ever seen it will agree with me you turn to TV and my mom is like you're gonna be like mom hey blah blah blah, and she's like huh. she's mesmerized by it it's hysterical because she's 70 I don't know something years old so it's a long time without a TV and so it still sucks her in But um, when I got married and moved out and got a TV, I watched TV from the moment I woke up until the moment I fell asleep. I couldn't get enough. And I I wouldn't go anywhere because I had to watch TV. I had never seen any of the shows that were on, and like shows that were on reruns. So Step by Step, um, Family Matters, I watched Family Feud every single day, Judge Judy, um, Divorce Court. Um, supermarket sweep. I watched all of it. Step by step. I really liked step by step because I think Suzanne Summers is so pretty. Um, and her husband, that guy, Patrick Duffy super, super cute. Um, I don't know. I just watched, I had a show for every single hour of the day and that's how it was for years until I got caught up. So that was one of the reasons I got so fat is I have my baby, I'm at home, I was a stay-at-home mom. I watched TV and ate all day long and I couldn't go for a walk because I don't know, I'd miss all my children because yes, I got into soap opera. Two soap operas. All my children and the one that was on after it, I forget what that. It wasn't as good. Um, anyway, I'm rambling. So, that was the TV story. TV in the store. Um, So, yeah, that was probably weird compared to most people. What else did we do? It was weird. Um, I don't know. We we didn't watch movies either. My mom told us that Satan lived in the movie theater. So when we went past the movie theater, I was a little scared because Satan lived inside. I went to my first movie when I was, I think I was 18. And I went with some girls I worked with. I used to work. Um, for, well, now it's Wells Fargo Bank, and I had some friends there, and on the weekend, we met and went to the movies, and we went to this movie called Carpool, and it was a terrible movie. It had, uh, Roseanne, Roseanne's husband in it, Tom, whatever his name is. It was terrible, but I, I loved it, but I was terrified that the movie theater would burn down, and my mom would get a call, hi, Mrs. Bo, your daughter was found in a movie theater. Same with like when I listened to secular music, we weren't allowed to listen to secular music. So when I got my driver's license and I wanted to put on like KDWB, their mainstream top 40 station, I would, but then I'd be scared. What if I get in a car accident and the radio is still on when my mom arrives at the scene and she'll hear that I'm listening to secular radio. It was like, was playing with fire, man. Uh, I was more scared of my mom than God because my mom was God and so <laughs> terrified of that. Um, But then um, after my first movie, I became super obsessed with going to movies, not only because of the movie, but because I found out about movie theater popcorn, baby, like the giant tubs of popcorn, of course, free refills happened like around that time, but extra butter. And then I learned that if you get the little cup of cheese sauce that goes with the nachos, you can take a piece of popcorn, dip it in the cheese and eat it. So you can have cheese on every one. So. Another reason why I ended up getting so obese is I found these foods that were insanely bad for me and I would eat them in mass while mindlessly watching things. So I'd go to the movies and when my son was little, we took him to the movies all the time and it wasn't necessarily because he wanted to see the new Winnie the Pooh movie. It's because I wanted to go and have popcorn with cheese sauce. And so, um, yeah, I'd have two giant tubs and i go through two or three cups of cheese sauce during a movie. It was so much fun. Um, I've often thought I should do that just one time, and then I remember how it felt after to have all of that fake cheese product and fake butter product in my belly, and I'm like, I can't do it. I don't really think I could do it at all. I might try again sometime before I die. Like, if I ever get a diagnosis of, like, terminal something, I will. you will definitely find me in a movie theater with a tub of popcorn and a cup of cheese sauce. Facts. Um, anyway, so... The only weird thing that happened with the movie thing that still makes me giggle a little bit so i went to college in 1996 and that was when they re-released all the star wars movies back to the theater well i'd never seen star wars um and so i was excited to go and see star wars for the first time and on the big screen so i went with a bunch of college friends and super excited The hype about Star Wars my whole life. I had no idea what was going on. I kind of knew what R2D2 looked like, but I had no idea any context, nothing. And so, you know, the movie starts, and um, I was kind of like, Really? This? It's so child, it's so elementary, it's old, like it looks like terrible filming (laughs) and terrible acting. And, uh, my friends were like, you don't understand. When this came out, this was a huge jump forward in, like, movie-making technology or whatever. I was like, okay, well, this is stupid. But whatever, I hung in there. And then, because I was the only person in the movie theater who would never seen the movie, you know, when we find out the big secret about Darth Vader, I was the one who couldn't contain herself and went, Oh my God, that's his dad! And I look at my friends like, why is everyone so calm? And then inevitably, a few minutes later, <gasps> that means he kissed his sister. <sighs> Freaked out, and everyone's just like, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And afterwards, they're like, why? Why did you? Why did you make a fool of yourself like that? I'm like, I. What do you mean? I, I had no idea. Then they were like, oh, you've really never seen it. No, I've never seen it. So that was pretty funny and embarrassing, but, um, I ended up marrying, uh, my first husband was like the biggest star Wars fan in the entire world. I was told him that he just like life was just a convenient thing to make the time go past faster between releases of star Wars movies back to the theater or when the new ones came out, just something to do till the next one came out. So, um, I spent a lot of years of my first marriage with a giant life-size Darth Vader cardboard cut out in the corner of the room, staring. Um, I didn't like that. It was ridiculous. But um, I've just never understood the hype around Star Wars. I don't don't get it. It's a lot of things that I missed out on when they were cool or popular. The, The magic of them is not recaptured by watching it later. Like... Um, I when I was dating my my ex-fiance, Cat, I was with Cat for five years and he was amazing and he really tried to to catch me up. So I'd go to his house and we'd have movie nights where we would watch like the Breakfast Club and sixteen Candles. Um, we watched goonies and Ghostbusters and Top Gun. And movies that I had missed out on that are iconic. And a lot of them were completely stupid to me. I'm like, I have no idea why everybody loves this movie. Goonies being one of them. Completely confused why that was a cult classic. I have no idea. There's nothing about that movie that is anything of interest, but it's because of the era and the age people were and it had meaning. I don't know. But other movies, I understand why they were super rad and they were super cool. Like, Ghostbusters is amazing. Ghostbusters is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Uh, hello. Um, Top Gun, super cool, but again I don't really understand the hype with the aviators. They were just sunglasses. But I guess if they were made cool then it makes sense now. I don't know. The Breakfast Club though? Timeless. Amazing. There is... it's timeless. That movie applies to all generations of all human beings. So some movies really truly are amazing works of art, classic, brilliantly written, done movies, in my opinion. Which, who am I? Um, and some are just stupid. Um, but it was nice to be able to kind of get caught up on some of those, because now there's just, there's still a long list where people say like, oh, did you see Purple Rain? I'm like, no. No. I haven't, I have, I'm so behind still. And I don't have time now to catch up on old movies. Um, if Kat hadn't been intentional about and it was fun for him too to rewatch him to like let's get Kristen caught up on in the world. Um, I never would have seen a lot of those, so I can give him um, a lot of credit for that. So, other things that were weird, well, the clothing thing. Um, our rules in our church were that um, women couldn't wear pants, couldn't wear men's clothing. So we couldn't wear pants, which of course, as a kid, we're like, well, a shirt is men's clothing. Like we would try to find the loopholes, and we we didn't win, but. Um, so girls couldn't wear pants and then we couldn't wear shorts because we couldn't show anything above our knee. Um, I don't really know why. There was a lot of things with women that you didn't want to cause men to lust. So men are going to lust because they're evil, disgusting creatures. So women are supposed to protect them from lusting by not looking sexy at all. So that's the logic. It's still the logic, which, you know, is insane. You're responsible for yourself. Okay, It's so not my problem if you look at me and undress me with your eyes. That's your problem. I could be buck naked and it's still your job to control what happens to your mind. But then again, um, what do I know? I don't know anything. Anyway, so we couldn't show our sexy knees because, oh my gosh, if a man were to see your knee, he just might be like, you know, he might be super lusty over the knee, What whatevs. Um, same with elbows. Our church was not as strict on that, but the sister churches to the cult church I was raised in, they women cannot show their elbows. I mean again, like I, I can't show you my elbow, this is too tight, but it's a good thing because you'd lust your pants off right here if you saw this elbow. Control yourselves. So couldn't show our elbows, couldn't show our knees. So um, and then for sure not the cleavage, like Gotta cover all of that up. In fact, um, showing the collarbone was often frowned upon. So, very, very conservative clothing. Just think about Amish people. Think about Laura Ingalls. That was us. In fact, um, calico is the fabric that Laura Ingalls and Mary Ingalls wore, wore. In When you read the books, Little House on the Prairie, they talk about the calico. And so my mom sewed us church dresses out of calico. So we legit were dressed like Laura and Mary Ingalls, if you've ever watched... Little House on the Prairie. L-H-O-T-P is the acronym for that lot. But anyway, I love Little House on the Prairie. It's I could still watch that all day. In fact, sometimes I do. Anyway, so we wore, you know, really conservative clothes, but there was also this rule that we weren't supposed to be like the world. So even if it was modest, if it was in fashion, we couldn't wear it. So you could never be in fashion. So if something was out of fashion, then we could wear it. So imagine a group of women in um, in like really dated, hideous clothing all the time. <laughs> that was us. Um, my mom, luckily she could sew because we did not have any money. And so she would sew us uh, dresses. And I was a good girl. I liked all the pretty frilly things. And my mom could put all the lace and eyelet on it and pink and flowers. And I loved it. It fit my... It still fits my sensibilities. I love it. I mean, I've got, like, the fuzzy, the pink. It's how I roll. Um, My sister friggin' hated it. She wanted, like, purple with parrots and black and paisley. And my mom was like, no. So they used to fight over it. But I was like, make me pretty. Add ribbons. It's totally fine. I'm Chrissy. I loved it. So luckily for my mom, she had one daughter who liked the frilly stuff. But anyway, she, to play outside, um, Wearing a skirt is not necessarily modest, even though your sinful knees are covered up. Um, so my mom would sew us culottes, which were shorts that came past our knee, um, but they were baggy. And so she'd just make them really simple out of scraps of fabric and just put a basic elastic waistband in them, which my sister loved because she would come up behind me in public and pants me. She'd just pull them down. And then when I got older, she'd snap my bra and pull my pants down in public. She was peach. Anyway, so we would walk around, and, like, other kids would come up to us and say, why are you wearing such short pants? Because they just looked like pants that were too big. and We looked really weird. Um, and luckily, we didn't go to school, so we didn't get teased all the time. Just once in a while, like, in Kmart or walking down the street, we got teased. So that was super weird. And then there was um, this thing with the whole fashion thing. Like you couldn't be in style. And back then in the 80s, the big permed hair was the thing, the crimped hair and the permed hair. And so while we weren't allowed to cut our hair, we also weren't allowed to get perms because it made us look worldly and we needed to not look like the world. And so it was a big thing because we, you know, it was cool and it looked nice then. And so there was this big controversy about getting your hair permed. So for some reason, there was a loophole that if you did a home perm and you did it real loose, so it was just big curls, that was okay. Or if you were the pastor's daughter, you could get one. Or if you were the pastor's granddaughter, you could get one. But if you were Kristen Bo and you were not part of um, royalty, do you hear the bitterness? It's still there. Um, you couldn't do that. So um, it was sinful unless your last name was Whittle. Or you were related to a little then Jesus was like it's okay for you you can look like the world because you're like special but if you're the Beau family no that's kind of a lot of things in culture to work that way it was really weird but we accepted it we don't question the anointed we don't ask questions and we certainly do not point out things like hypocrisy no 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 we just take care of ourselves which actually I agree with. We take care of ourselves. But I'm just going to say it right now. is a bunch of hypocritical bullshit. Crap. It was a bunch of hypocrisy, but hypocrisy is everywhere. So at least we were not immune. I'm not bitter. Anyway, so the people that did get the perms, they were not allowed to wear their hair to church with a perm. They had to curl it with like hot sticks and make big, giant, curly hair so that Either so that no one knew, or so that you didn't look like the world while you were playing piano in church. I don't know. That was part of the rules, and we just like we just lived by them. It was understood the things you did and didn't do in the church. Period. The end. Um, you also didn't wear lipstick. But if you were the pastor's daughters, you would buy Dr. Pepper flavored lip smacker, and you would just put seven thousand coats on until your lips were really red. And people were like, oh, "She's wearing lipstick." It's like, "Nah, it's just lip smacker." And then there was also, you know, flour from the kitchen. Um, if you happen to dust some of that on your face, it evens your complexion. It's not makeup. We don't paint our faces like Jezebel. Jezebel was fed to dogs. Do you want to be fed to dogs? Then you won't paint your face. That was the comparison. So we weren't allowed to wear makeup because, A, the pastor's wife had a dream that um, wearing makeup was bad and evil and so she stopped or something, I don't know. She would have these dreams about the way that we should live and then she'd bring the dream to church and that was the rule. Now, like she had a dream or her hair actually caught fire which was God telling her not to cut her hair. So then no longer could we cut our hair unless we were her kids. Um, So no cutting of the hair because she had a dream and God set her hair on fire. So clearly all of us were no longer to cut our hair. It made perfect sense. Um, so with makeup, um, couldn't wear makeup, but also in the Bible, there's a story in the Old Testament about Jezebel and she was this evil, evil queen who like tricked people and stuff. And it said that she painted her face. That was something it says in the Bible about Jezebel. Well, Jezebel was terrible and I don't know all the details anymore, but basically she fell out of a window and died and her body was eaten by dogs. And so of course we make the connection that Jezebel painted her face and she got eaten by dogs. So do you want to be easy breezy beautiful cover girl? That's fine and you'll also be easy breezy beautiful cover girl Purina dog food. It's fine, pick. Or perhaps you'd like to scrub your face and look holy. I don't care, pick one. So these were just the very, these were smart logical connections that were made um, by the leadership for us to live by and we just did so but if you were related again related to the pastor there was a lot of things that you could just do um, you could also just like pinch your cheeks for 20 minutes before church so that you get a nice little red line so you, I'm not wearing blush but you're looking like you're wearing blush why don't you just put some friggin blush on your face and call it a day instead of like pinching your face to death anyway I'm not I calmed to calm down but those were the things the men got to do whatever they wanted um <laughs> anyway so those were just some of the weird things but you know i'm fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> it really is fine in all seriousness um i wouldn't say that i'm bitter i'm not bitter i i would say that i have lingering frustration that um there are really smart people that were in the cult and maybe still are sort of in the cult that won't acknowledge that those hypocrisies existed i just want someone to say yeah that was screwed up that's all i'll I'll never get that and that's fine but as long as i know that it was screwed up and i don't behave that way like on the beach i tell people we only do two minute planks we don't do three-minute planks. Why? Because I won't do a three-minute plank. And if I won't do it, I'm not asking you to do it. I feel like leadership, that's kind of important. Um, Today, I wouldn't do a two-minute plank either. In fact, most of the time I don't. But that's a little different. I could do it if I was asked. Anyway, so those are just, yeah, some of the stories. I'm sure I have a lot more, but um, I think that's enough for today. This has been story time with Kristen. Um, there's no overarching point. There's no lesson to be had, um, except maybe, wow, Kristen is so normal compared to how abnormal she used to be. <laughs> My favorite protein bar, Built Bars. I talk about them. I talk about them a lot. I eat them a lot. They're amazing. They're the size of a Snicker bar, and they have 150 calories, which is half. The calories of a snicker bar they on average have five to nine grams of sugar which is eh, a quarter to a third of the sugar in a snicker bar and they have protein which is a lot more than what you'll find in a snicker bar on average they have 17 grams of protein 150 calories they're made with real chocolate If you go to BuiltBar.com and use my code DESTINATIONBEGIN, you're gonna save money on trying Built Bar. They have a mixed box, and they also, you can buy half a box. You can get Cherry Garcia, you can get Blueberry Muffin, the Double Chocolate Brownie Chunk. They have a new Caramel Almond Delight, delicious. And they also have Built Puffs, which are protein marshmallow covered in chocolate. They're delicious check them out. If you haven't had them, you are missing out. They're a really great way to add some protein into your life in a way that tastes yummy. And they're small enough that they're not a meal replacement like a lot of protein bars. They also don't wreck your guts and they don't suck all the moisture out of your mouth. So builtbar.com, give them a try. Use my code destinationbegin. Save some money and fall in love with some really yummy chocolate protein bars in your life. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at KristensmithOnline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.